Hi everyone, it's me, Idris. So it seems there's some new Patriots and some returning Patriots. First, let's start off with the new. Up first is Terry B. Terry, you be a Patriot. That's right. New to Patreon. We appreciate you. Thank you for being a Patriot. Thank you for your patronage. Now we're going to move on to two returning Patriots, people who've left us, but they come back because they always come back. First up is CJ Jones. CJ, you know what it's about. It's about loyalty. It's about patron. It's about me and Popcorn. Thank you for being a Patriot once again. Thank you for your patronage. And last but not least, we have Cortez Eagle. <laughs> Listen, Cortez, the eagle flies high with you. And we appreciate you so much. Thank you once again for being a Patriot. And thank you all for being Patriots and just supporting this show. Uh, feel free to go to patreon.com slash me of Popcorn. Shout out. Shout outs happen there when you sign up. And um, we love you. Peace. <laughs> This is Sergio Tameos. It's your boy Eddie Collins. Guys, this is Justin Brown. And we are meeting Paco Nigga Spoiling the Movies. And we're not going to fully spoil this movie because it's based off a historical event mm-hmm. and a historical person that had a huge yeah. impact on black history. So That you may not even know that about. That you may not even know about. We talked about him on Black History. Um, so I knew a little bit about his biography. But uh, Rustin. The American biographical uh, drama that's directed by George C. Wolfe, um, who also uh, did uh, um, such plays as Angels in America and Bringing the Noise, Bringing the Funk on Broadway. Uh, he he did Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Man, and stars Coleman Domingo in the titular role. This was fucking amazing. Um, shout out to... Uh, the new fest um, for having a uh, media popcorn at the premiere mm-hmm. night for the screening. That was a lot of fun. Um, this movie surprised the hell out of me. I had heard good things from Toronto international film festival about his performance, but I mean, from scene one, he jumps off the screen. Like yes. Coleman Domingo. He, so. he made Bayard unapologetically authentic in himself mm-hmm. and said, I know I'm loud. I know I'm very flamboyant. I know that I can be a difficult person, but I get shit done that I, I'm passionate about. Yep. Um, and for those of you who don't know, folks, uh, Bear uh, Rustin was a civil rights activist who essentially the, the walk on Washington doesn't, the March on Washington doesn't happen without him. Yes. Now we're talking about the March on Washington, you know, Martin Luther King, yes. the whole, sp- I had a dream speech at the, 
yeah at the monument and everything like he was a close a friend and confidant to dr martin luther king and uh but because of his uh, sexuality he was kind of pushed into the background and basically in some ways almost kind of deleted from history um so it this is like one of the big movers and shakers of the civil rights uh, movement who which is it's a travesty that i've never even heard of and like yeah you don't hear you know you don't know everybody but like this is somebody who was so important to the entire movement and like i'm just like hey, wait how did how the fuck did i never hear, hear about this guy mind you talking to my mom about this movie and she was just like huh i don't know who that is so that just shows yep. and she was in that time frame she had no idea who this person was that's because wild. one for one the NAACP yeah. um uh, Adam Clayton Powell uh yeah and, played by Jeffrey you know, Wright in a fantastic yeah. role um the people yeah. did not want to f- they did not fuck with him because of his uh, sexuality and Roy so Wilkins like, who's played by Chris Rock which surprised yes. the hell out of me seeing Chris Rock pop up um He's fine. He, Chris Rock can't change who Chris Rock is. That's yes. all I'll say. You cannot mm-hmm. look at Chris Rock and not think, that's Chris Rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't do it. Whereas Coleman Domingo, he did like um, some type of prosthetic to get the, the oral injury that uh, Bayer Rustin mm-hmm. had suffered on, uh, at the hands of a white cop. Um, like things like that that you're just like, okay, like they did the work. And they're yeah. able, they have the ability to transform themselves. Not saying that Chris Rock yeah. can't do that at some point, but he hasn't gotten there yet as an actor. Yeah. Um, that's not to say that he brings the, the film down in any way. In fact, I think no. they, the, they are, the actors are very well served by the script, uh, uh, written by Julian and Brees and Dustin Lance Black. Um, I believe Dustin Lance Black probably helps, you know, uh, fill in some stuff. Um, he mm-hmm. won a screenplay uh, Academy Award, I believe, for Milk. Um, but from my understanding is uh, Julian Brees had already written a draft of the script that like helped mm. get it greenlit and everything. Um, yeah. Also Glenn Turman, man, that solid fucking actor. I know we, we went kind of crazy on him about a uh, JD's revenge, but between Fargo, this and uh Marty's black bombers, he's done a lot of really impactful things. Um, yeah. And oh, no, 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 no. He's fucking Listen, been killing it. Just, yeah, JD's revenge is, is, is fucking nuts. Um, uh, and it is what it is, but that doesn't say that his filmography is trash. Yeah. It's just like, you know, that's also a black exploitation film. So, you know, how great is it going to be? Also, shout I just want to shout out Audra McDonald who played, uh, Ella Baker. Cause she, she always looks so, oh, yeah. Yeah. so delicious. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> always looks great. Now here's the wild thing about this movie is that it's produced by, Barack and Michelle Obama's production company, Higher Ground Productions. And if there is a just uh, God in this world. And sometimes I question whether or not there is. I believe in what I've seen thus far, and we are about to be in November, if awards st- season stays on track with its typical schedule, this should be a Best Picture nominee, which would make the Obamas Oscar nominees, which would be amazing but also so hilarious to all the fucking people that hate them who still yeah. want to be in the hollywood elite circles despite saying that they don't want to um so here's the thing yeah if that happened uh and i know we spoke about this in the movie theater we were just like 
You think Trump's gonna go and make a movie just to try oh, to probably to throw something yeah, there? Yeah. He'll try like, to do I can something. do what Barack will do, can do. <laughs> Gary Busey would be like, I'll star in it. I'll have my comeback. Let's get Quentin Tarantino to write it. Um, but this is like a, you know, Bear Rustin, he did a lot of the logistical work um, with the volunteers, the people that he had um, supporting him and organizing this. And he and Martin Luther King were on the outs for a long time. Yeah, because Martin because publicly Martin defended him in what, like early in their, not yeah, relatively early in their career after the boy the bus boycott organization, right? Yeah, so they were going to um, uh, make a walk on the Democratic National Convention um, where Kennedy was speaking at, I believe, and um, basically the NAACP and Adam Clayton Powell uh, didn't want it to happen. So they basically were start, starting to spread a rumor that Martin Luther King and uh, and Bayard, Bayard uh, yeah. Rustin Bayard uh, were in a a, a relationship, yeah. and obviously, again, this is the '60s. Uh, Martin Luther King is a man of the church, and that wouldn't be a good look. And Bayard was like, "He's going to take up for me because, like, listen, yeah. like we go back, and like you know, we good." And he's like, "I know Dr. King." And he did not do he did not do that. He basically uh played the role. Uh so he basically he saved himself. Yes. And uh and Bayard I guess he never he didn't forgive him for a long time for that. Yeah. Which yeah. understandable. Absolutely. Because it's like, you know, you you hope that your people have your back, especially when you're in a marginalized group like that. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, especially now we're talking about the sixties. So it um and I could see why he would be so hurt oh, yeah. uh, by the fact is that like, yeah, like, so you just, you just going to let them do this to me. Yeah. But then they like, kicked him out of NAACP. Absolutely. And then when they, but then when they do reconcile, when like Bayer, it's like, I want to organize this March. Um, initially he wanted it to be two days, but logistics and just the pushback from everybody, like they ended up consolidating it to one. Yeah. And when um, he convinces Martin Luther King to, to join, because that's going to help get the NAACP in line. Um, that was like those actors had great chemistry. And shout out to Emil Amin who played Martin Luther King in this. I think he did really a really great job. Um, he and Coleman Domingo had fantastic chemistry. I completely believe that they would they were incredibly intelligent men who enjoyed each other's company, just like in thoughtful yeah. conversation and like you know. And Baird's a character. If he's anything like the way Coleman portrayed him, which I'm guessing he was. He seems like he'd be a lot of fun, but also completely out of his fucking mind. I mean, don't they yeah. have a quote where they were like, um, they kind of talk about, like, Martin Luther King alludes that, like, you know, I was told you were crazy or something like that. Um, but, like, they never told me how much. And, like, it seemed like he's just yeah. always been intrigued by that because it's hard to be unapologetically you. And, like, yes, yeah. Bayard isn't openly saying, like, I'm a gay man, but... You know, if you pay close enough attention, you're like, okay, he's hooking up with with this guy who stays at his apartment as his roommate, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. Um, and so when at the end, when he acknowledges Bear Rustin, when uh, uh, Bear's outed, um, you know, by the you know the government, basically, yeah. who are trying to stop this march from happening, and he defends him, he defends his character, and Coleman as Bear Rustin breaks down crying and so appreciative. And you see all the volunteers so happy that he's been acknowledged for his contributions, man. That was such a powerful moment. And mind you, 
he was technically he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't out. Yes. Everyone knew, but he wasn't out. And he wasn't and so just out as a gay man, he was out as a pervert. Yes. For illicit he, actions in, and stuff. Cause, yeah, because because he was basically hooking up, or you know, like two white guys, right? Yeah, with two guys, and then the police, you know, of course they beat him up. Um, so like, yeah, it it, it was a a bigger deal thing. So they were talking on radio that he was some sort of pervert uh, in doing indecent things in public in a public space. So like, you know, people people knew that you know the people who worked around his. Uh, uh, you know closest uh workers they knew that you know there was stuff going on with him but like he, it was never addressed it was just you know a kind of a thing that everybody was just like pushing under the rug because nobody wanted to you know kind of confront this thing and then it's basically put out there in front street and then you have one of the most powerful people in the world being this like this is our guy yeah. and it's just like none of this can be done without him and it's like i'm standing by him like yeah like if I if, if you know if that were me, I would be in fucking shambles, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, because like that's that's huge, huge. And this is after everything he's gone through. The march hasn't happened yet at this point in the movie, but they've gone through a lot. They've gone through a lot of back and forth fighting the the heads of the NWCP for every fucking little detail, um, being dismissed by the police force in Washington D.C. as they're trying to figure out logistics for the march. Um, yep. People doubting the numbers that they're going to get because they're saying they can get a hundred thousand people out. They end up getting over two hundred thousand, I believe. Yep. Um, and just it. And what's so wild is like you don't. And this isn't about Martin Luther King, but you don't get him preparing for this legendary speech, which is yep. interesting, right? Because you know Selma, you have him like struggling with being this huge political figure an impactful figure and the weight that that have like that comes with that. And this, you saw the quiet activist that made all that stuff happen for him. I mean, yeah. for me, like the ending man was so real. Cause that's the kind of leader I aspire to be, which is he starts picking up the trash from the March. Yeah. Yeah. He just like, he joined, like he joins the workers, the volunteers and just like he's because you know, like you, you alluded before, he's not accepted into the, the higher ranking fold the power makers. Mm -hmm. So like the NWCP, like, you know, uh, Roy Wilkins and MLK, they're like, Hey, we're going to the white house to have a meeting because of this March. Like good job. And, and they said, Hey, uh, we think that you should be there with us. He's just said, no, I, I said that I was going to be out here helping. Yeah. And he's just like, and that's I'm something to do. It. He's like, I'm on the front lines. I'm on the front lines and I'm, I'm, I'm out here with everybody else with the, with, with everybody else who made this thing happen. And that's why I'm like, that's yeah. yeah. And the volunteers, like, you know, they see him doing that and they have like a look of appreciation and pride on their face. And I was like, that's the kind of stuff, like the quieter folks that also inspired other people to yeah. like, to be activists and to do the work because you see like, Hey, I'm not looking for accolades. I'm just, I'm, I'm I did a good job. I'm gonna clean up. And I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep thinking about what's the next thing we can do. Yep. And for me, that maybe and we talked about this after the screening. It made me appreciate just we're society is fucked up. There's a lot of bad things happening right now. A lot of bad things. But at the same time, I am incredibly fortunate and thankful for all the battles that the people before us had to do to get us to have these freedoms and these abilities right now. Because yes. you and I would be in completely different places mm -hmm. 
if this shit had continued, like if they, they hadn't been able to influence politicians to do the right thing with civil rights, we would not be in yeah. the place. We would not be homeowners. Definitely not in New York. <laughs> we would not, we would not be, we would not be confident that we, uh, like, especially for you, like you, you can raise your sons in like a good community in a, in a, in a place that, you know, has strong, well, Schools I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to live uh, here. Yeah. Uh, we probably wouldn't be as educated uh, as we are. Yeah. You know, p- possibly I mean, one of us may not be alive right now. Yeah. It, you know, there, there's a lot of things that you really have to take in the stock when you think about. It's just like how much stuff that these guys did, which affected every single person that came after them. And this is after. I mean, you want to talk about like how black folks felt with George Floyd. I mean, imagine on TV, and remind you, you have you've only had technology of television for like maybe mm-hmm. a few years, and you're seeing people that look like you and children being blasted with fire hoses, yeah, by white cops, and you're just like, you know, that breaks somebody. That can break someone yeah. mentally. Man, when all the George Floyd uh, shit was going on and whatever, I remember sitting up at night and just watching the news by myself. Yeah. And, and and just being so fucking, I was like, okay, I can't watch this shit. Was, Have to turn it off. It was just like just being angry. Yeah. But imagine that, and then you can walk. You have to walk down the street, and then like the people who are actively out there doing that shit then see you there, and they're just looking at you, just like, yeah, motherfucker, we did that. Like that's and like and they're open yeah. about it. Like we at least have the luxury of people just like you know, bite, at least biting their tongues because it's like, ah, we shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Even though it's, that shit's changing, but still. Yeah, I mean, I uh, that's one of the reasons. I used to love a story of Queens, man. You know me. I was a story mm-hmm. dude. I was like, I never like thought about home owning because I'm like, I can't buy a uh, home in Astoria and I want to <laughs> yeah. stay in Astoria. But, yeah. dude, after 2020, I mean, we talked about it. Like, you know, that that whole vibe, that changed. Real, that changed real quick. Like, right after... The George Floyd stuff, and we were in a pandemic. Like, white neighbors started acting real weird. Yep, real weird. Um, all, all that Midwesterners started to come out of them real fast. Mm-hmm. Well, it was also like you know, I th- and this is where like it got real problematic because for folks who you don't know, um, where Justin and I were in Astoria, there's a long street called Steinway Street, and uh, around July, I guess black folks were just tired of being cooped up inside. And there's a lot of hookah lounges on Steinway Street. I'm not sure if that's where they and were you going. Know niggas but love there was there's a huge like I'm talking like it seemed like thousands of people on Steinway Street. And it was all like Million Man people, March. And black people. And people in the story had a lot to say about that. As you can imagine, there's yep. a lot of uh colorful, really fucked up language used on social media platforms and groups that community groups I was part of and stuff. Yep. And that's for me, I was like, Oh, this ain't this ain't my place. This ain't my community. This ain't my place yep. anymore. I don't feel safe. Yep. I yep. never had that worry. I've never had that worry bro, anywhere I've gone in New York. Bro, I remember, like, you know, leaving your house, because, you know, we lived, you know, like a block three blocks half, away yeah. from each other. Yeah. Um, uh, I remember leaving your house after recording one time and walking back to my house, and a guy pulled up at a stop sign and, like, eyeballing me, like, nigga, you don't belong here. And I kind of looked at him and was just like, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, you know, but like I've and and you know what it is. And you know what it is. I'm just like, and I'm pretty sure you haven't been here. You haven't been even in New York longer than I have. Yeah. Like, who, who the fuck are you? 
but like that's that was the vibe is like completely like ruined everything yep yeah that's why i haven't been back i haven't been back to us i've been back to a story one time since i've been back in new york hmm. and that was my home man I, I sometimes i'd be like i don't need to go to manhattan except to see a movie yeah true. but niggas coming to me this bar's out here <laughs> like, I don't need to go. um but Folks, I mean, Rustin's going to be on Netflix on uh, November 17th. It's coming out a little bit earlier than that. Um, it's also going to be released in select theaters. I, I mean, just for a performance alone. I don't know. I, I know I've heard good things as it's recording about Leonardo DiCaprio and Killers of the Fly Moon. We've seen mm-hmm. Oppenheimer. This is far and away, like, leaps and bounds beyond Cillian Murphy. Uh, this is a louder performance, but even then, it's – just the emotional payoff of Bayard's arc in this in this movie, I think, is way more effective than Oppenheimer. We never get the real deep dive into what makes Oppenheimer tick, whereas in this yeah. we do. We see mm-hmm. Bayard's triggers. We see Bayard fall in love with a man that can't display that love, that can't commit to that love, uh, back to him because he's married, and he's being yeah. like he's, he's being married to a woman. Married to a woman, and he who is is recently pregnant when they break up, and then yeah. also he inherits his father in law's head church. of his church. Yeah, so it's yeah, you know the complexities of that, and like Bear realizing that he does struggle with like showing love, and that he still has a lot of um, <laughs> uh, weight and baggage from his his childhood as a Quaker, being raised as a Quaker, and fucking yeah, a black Quaker, y'all, <laughs> yeah, and dealing with like police brutality and all these things. And the fact that he still kept going. I mean, yeah. there's days, man, I don't know. Like, this past summer was rough, and we've talked about it here and there on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Where it was tough, man. It was yeah. really tough getting up. It was really tough, like, just getting through the day. Um, it's And it's really tough, you know, especially, like, when I hear, you know, my black male friends, like, struggling to find jobs and getting let go and, like, you know, just in having a hard time emotionally and mentally and things and it, it, seeing this really inspired me i i kind of needed this i needed it right when we were when we were invited to that premiere i'm glad that we moved some things around to be able to go see it because yeah. it, it really did help me see a different perspective and bring things into center things a little bit for me yeah well and you know what um it, i think we also watched this in like uh, a really good audience, you know, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. for this because you know part being oh, yeah, part they were of clubbing uh, after and shit. Shout out to New Fest. Well, well, <laughs> but you know, it just was uh, speak a little bit about uh, New yeah. Fest. You know, because we, we got their whole history when we were there. We didn't necessarily <laughs> want that that time, but it was necessary, I guess. Yes, um, there's but, a lot of history there. Yeah, uh, New Fest is basically a LGBTQ uh, plus. Uh, film festival based out of New York, uh, which came about, I believe, in 1988. Okay, in 88. And if you know anything about uh, New York and and the scene uh, in the 80s, uh, the gay and, you know, trans queer community was not doing very well. And they made this uh, festival to basically give themselves a voice. Um, And it's been going on strong ever since. And it was a really great room uh, mm. to watch this film. Like there were points where, you know, 
people around us, you know, they were clapping and, it, you know, because like they were feeling the, uh, you know, parts of the film far, far probably but, far more than we could even understand. But, but like, also, even so, like, I understood yeah. that shit. And also, you just know, as, as black people, there were some bars that Bayer gave that were like, yes. shut this shit down. Like, where you're like, yep. And mm-hmm. the fact, I mean, if any of those quotes are remotely true, the fact that he was still able to live after some of the shit he said to shut niggas down. Now, mind you, kudos. This this gentleman lived till I believe nineteen, well, uh, nineteen eighty seven or something like that. He was seventy five years old when he died. So like he and he passed away peacefully, right? Yeah. This guy is like, you know, not many people from that. Um, from that era, like he met Megger Edwards and met um, Edgar uh, Edgar, right? I don't know why I can't. It's just not working in my head right now. And it's just like, yeah. And shortly after, he wasn't here anymore. A lot of those guys went away, especially somebody as influential and as powerful as him. Mm. It's like it's, um, you know, I'm surprised, especially being the fact that he was, you know. Um, a very much despised gay black man, you know, in the era of civil rights and everything that went on in that era that yeah. he actually made it all the way through. Mm. Yeah. And again, he's brought to life by Coleman Domingo, who does a phenomenal job. Um, if he wasn't already on the radar of a lot of people, which he's been working consistently, so I think he is, um, he definitely will be after people see this performance. Um mm. And I think what I love about Coleman is that he's got he's got diversity in his filmography and in the way he he performs. I really like between Zola, Candyman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and this, and then Euphoria. Like my man's working. He's also incredibly nice. I met him at a, short, a screening of one of his uh, short films that he um, that actually I think qualified for an Academy Award, or maybe he might have missed mm. the mark. But I met him at one of the screenings, and he's incredibly nice. Um, good looking dude. Uh, he and his husband were very, very nice people. Um, but that doesn't color this, uh, this, this review is just to add that he also is a genuinely nice person. Yes. I mean, it was good to hear. Yeah. Cause you know, some <laughs> really of these people, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, folks, we definitely recommend you, you see this movie now. Uh, we are going to give our, our rating on it, but again, um, this is something I, I, I usually don't do this until after we rated the movie, but I implore you, if you've not heard of Bayer Rustin, you need to watch this movie. If you had, you should still watch it so you can see how effectively his story is told in this time period, this time period. And so you can tell other people to watch this fucking movie because people need to yeah. see this and we need to make sure this gets the eyeballs on Netflix. So they know they have to keep making movies like this. Yeah. But having said that, Justin, break down our rating system, baby. So, guys, uh, first of all, so call me baby. Uh, but, guys, we rate movies bags of popcorn, Even small, medium, freedom, large. And... You won't let me call you baby. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, we rate movies bags of popcorn, small, medium, large, and the XL40 exceptional. If a film doesn't deserve any popcorn, we throw it into the dog shit pile. We pile piles and piles of dog shit on top of it. So, Brandon, we watched the 2023 film Rustin. Yes. Uh, which was produced by the Obamas, starring uh, Coleman Domingo, uh, Chris Rock, uh, Glenn Thurman, and a bunch of other, you know, great actors. Jeffrey Wright in there as well. Uh, what say you, sir? Yeah, this gets a this gets a large. This gets a large. It um, there's a few editing choices and the Lenny Kravitz song at the end. They were a bit like I was like, uh, I don't know if I would have done that. 
But Coleman Domingo, uh, he lifts this movie up. He takes great care of Bear Rustin's uh, legacy, his character. Um, and George C. Wolf got some fantastic performances out of everyone around Coleman Domingo. Like he's a mm. force to be reckoned with, but everyone compliments him. Even Chris Rock. I know like I know I said like Chris Rock is Chris Rock, but he still does really solid. The dialogue is fucking fantastic, which allows you to use Chris Rock's snappiness almost like it's almost like an Aaron Sorkin movie, some of the snappy dialogue. And that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that helps you kind of get over the Chris Rockness because it's like the urgency that makes it work. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, yeah, this is a large. This is really damn near perfect for this year love it love justin it. what about you uh so i'm gonna give this an xl okay i'll give it an xl i think I that um uh i thought that it was extremely extremely powerful film. uh i thought that like you know he nailed uh rustin down to like like obviously i didn't know much about rustin but he was somebody else mm. like i felt like, like I didn't know this person, but I felt that that was him. You know what I'm saying? Uh, because there's, it, it was just, there was a lot of things, there was a lot of things that were touched on in this film. I felt that it was done in a very tasteful uh, way. Um, and it was just, it, it was, I was, I was very surprised at, at, at at what I saw uh, that night, we went and saw this thing. Mind you, I didn't look up the film before, yeah. um, you know, uh, going to see this. So I didn't really know what uh, I was stepping into, uh, but I left there and I was in awe. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember someone, we were in the line at the little after party thing, like, oh, what do you think about the film? And I was just like, I thought it was fucking phenomenal. It's like, I've, it, like, there are certain films uh, that drop, you know, here and there we were just like well that that was that was just that was what i needed right now mm-hmm. and like that that's what the, that's what this film was it was a film that i needed to see at this moment in this time especially with some of the things i've been going through and stuff like that it's just like you know people just going out there and doing what they know is right regardless yeah. so yeah yeah needed to see it and i think that you know regardless and also it's only 106 minutes and yes, they packed yes. a whole shit, they gave a, a whole lot. lot of shit in that 106 minutes where it feels like it may yeah. be a little bit longer than it actually is. But it's like, it's you kind of don't want it to end. I mean, you know that, what I'm saying? That's the thing with history is like, you can just dig deeper into a story, learn more about them and everything, learn more about the march and the other people that contributed to it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot here. And um, you can keep peeling back the layers of history and actually learn what it took to yeah. to get to that 1963 event where Martin Luther King has that incredible speech that changed the trajectory of history. It took yeah. a long time after that, too. That's the thing. It took almost a damn near year after that for shit to be yeah. happening with laws, but they made it happen, and so I'm forever grateful for that. Uh, folks, you know, as always, you can follow me at Frodo underscore Blackens on threads and uh, Instagram. You can follow the show at Medium P Podcast and all social media platforms. Be sure to leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast application. We will read it on the show. And Justin, if you want to support the show financially, as well as follow you on social media, what can they do, my brother? 
Guys, you can uh, support me. <laughs> no, you can follow me at J Brown did it on uh, all the socials, but you can support the show at patreon.com slash medium popcorn. We have $2, $5, $10 and $15 packages uh, on there. Our entire backlog goes to Patreon bonus episodes, you know, like little mini episodes, much like this on new movies that you may not even heard of that we're telling you, hey, you, you got to see this. Uh, and even just the mini shows, all that's on Patreon. So we offer so much on there and we just hope that you uh, decide that you want to join in on the party. And again, that's patreon.com slash medium popcorn. That's right. Join the Patreon army. Get a shout out from Aegis, even though I'm trying to fire that nigga because mm-hmm. he'd be too mouthy. Yeah, well, you know. Pause. Okay. I've been writing the script with this guy from the West Coast and he says pause a lot. Uh, I think that's actually more of a New York thing. I know it's weird, right? <laughs> it's he was like, fuck, you just fucked up my script. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but it's, it's it's really like, I mean, it works for the character or whatever, but it's yeah. weird. Yeah. I, it's yeah. actually interesting. It's a mix between East and West Coast. It's like okay. a very weird uh, pilot. I'll send it to you. I think you might like okay. it. I think you might actually like how much I've grown as a writer, bro. I mean, I'll read it. If I don't like it, you know I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> be, like, be like, I hated this. I just said it to Aaron Magruder for his eyes. Um, <laughs> all right, folks. Hope you all enjoyed this mini episode, and we'll talk to y'all next week. Peace. Peace. Medium popcorn. We are two niggas spoiling movies. Yeah. Brandon Collins. That's me. And Justin Brown for your moving needs. Media popcorn. Woo! You haven't seen it? Well, we're gonna spoil it. Spoil it in your face. That's your warning. Uh. So if you get pissed, it's all your fault. Uh. Medium Popcorn is produced by Yubia Gilliam and Casa de Collins, LLC.